Spontaneous or planner? Planner. <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> I wanted to be cool and say spontaneous, <laughs> but I'm not. Hello and welcome to The Joyful Drinker, a podcast for anyone that drinks that wants to drink a little less. I'm your host, Ellie Webb, and I believe that if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better. Through honest conversations and real life stories, I'm on a mission to uncover the benefits of taking a few more alcohol-free days each week. By sharing my guests' own perspectives on balance and moderation, I hope we can all take away some inspiration and learn from the powerful habits they've picked up along the way. If you're curious about the benefits that balanced drinking can bring to your week, then pour yourself a glass of something tasty and let's meet today's guest. Today I am joined by the wonderful Millie Gooch. Millie stopped drinking in 2018 and is the founder of Sober Girl Society and one of the leading voices in the sobriety movement. Millie is also a journalist and has even published her own book, Sober Girl Society Handbook. I've known Millie for quite a few years now and have loved personally watching your journey. I'm a big fan and I'm very excited to have you as a guest today. Oh, thank you. Whenever people do intros, I like get really embarrassed. You shouldn't do. You've done all those things. Someone asked me to introduce myself the other day and I was like, oh, I don't even know what to say. (laughs) You can can borrow this one. Yeah, I'll take that if that's all right. Millie, welcome. For anyone that doesn't know you... Could you give us a quick intro (laughs) and just explain your journey with drinking over the past few years? Obviously, we're on the Joyful Drinker podcast, so we'd just love for everyone to know a little bit about your own journey with drinking. Of course. Um, So yeah, you did a lovely introduction. My name is Millie. Uh, I'm the founder of Sober Girl Society um, and the author of the Sober Girl Society Handbook. So my kind of drinking journey started when I went to university um, and I became very quickly kind of entrenched in that nightlife culture. Started drinking a lot, working in bars um, and very quickly I think I started to binge drink and blackout and, and basically took it too far I'm a yeah. I'm a woman of extremes so it was, in there. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was fine because everyone thought it was like quite normal behavior um I kind of used to model myself on Geordie Shaw that was really like popular at the time when I was at uni so it was like go out get mortal yeah. um but then kind of as I left university my drinking slowly got slightly worse I would say everyone else kind of calmed down and I just kept going mm. uh, I worked in PR I worked in journalism they're both very kind of booze heavy industries yeah. and I really started to notice the effect that alcohol was having on my mental health so I was really suffering with anxiety really suffering with depression um and I couldn't really link it at first but then I started to kind of clock on that oh actually I think alcohol is having a really big part of this so I decided to stop drinking uh, and it makes it sound like oh just one day I woke up like there was a lot that went into it I I did many attempts at dry January did many sober Octobers um and then I just got to a point where I thought you know I'm gonna stop drinking and that was four years ago now and it's the best decision for me that I think I've ever made in terms of mental health, physical health, just everything really. Well done, because that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do and it's not something that you can just sort of say, yeah, one day I'm not drinking. You have to really work at it, don't you, every day. Um, 
One of the things that really bugged me when I decided to take time off alcohol was this massive stigma around not drinking and not being the fun one. Now, what I love is that you've started doing a series called Wholesome Fun, which follows you around basically doing a lot of cool stuff and not needing alcohol, I might add. Yes. <laughs> Could you tell me a bit more about why you started documenting those kinds of things? Yeah, I think when I first stopped drinking, or at least when I was thinking about stopping drinking, something that held me back was this huge stigma that people who stop drinking are boring. Yeah. And I think I'd got to a point in my drinking where I was doing the same thing week in, week out, which was going out, drinking, being hungover. And I was just on this like cycle and I wasn't happy. I was miserable. And if anything, I actually felt quite boring because I would spend my weekends, you know, in bed recovering. A lot of the time I couldn't remember my nights. I couldn't remember whether I had a fun time. Yeah. And it really held me back for so long because I was so worried if I stopped drinking, I would automatically be boring. And I'm also quite a stubborn person as well. So when I first stopped drinking, everyone's like, you're going to be boring again. Like it was this, it was just coming from all angles. Mm. And I was so stubborn about it. I was like, no, I'm going to show you all that I'm going to be really fun. You're going to be really really jealous and you're all going to want to stop drinking. Prove you guys wrong. Yeah, it was. It started off really as proving people wrong. And just the more I did, the more people would be like, oh, wow, like you are doing fun stuff. You look like you're really happy. Like people would say, like, you just look like you're having such a fun time. And for me, it's so important to showcase that there are other things that you can do with your friends, with your family that don't revolve around drinking. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying everyone needs to go sober and everyone needs to stop going to bars and clubs and stop drinking. But finding a balance of actually doing some things that are outside of bars and clubs I think it's so important to like you know have those things and do things with your friends that aren't necessarily just going out and getting blackout drunk and I just want to show people like there are options there's fun things you can do and hopefully break a bit of that stigma so true because I think you know we've all been in that situation myself included where you do overdo it the night before and you just you're just not productive the next day you don't feel like doing anything you just want to lie around lay in bed watch tv and a lot of the time you may have wanted to actually do something that day and make plans and I'm sure you probably would have cancelled on people like back in the day when you were drinking if you had made plans so I love that I love that you're showcasing all of these fun things to do what are some of the most exciting things that you've pushed yourself to do recently oh no. what have I been doing I, I really love water sports so I like love trying to like surf or do anything like yeah. that I think it's so much fun I've also really tried to do like oh, zip wires anything that's like a bit extreme I think when you stop drinking you don't really get that like I don't know rush that maybe you would get if you were drinking so I need to it's almost like I need to get my kicks yeah from somewhere else anything like adrenaline anything adrenaline I'm like yes I will do it I just find myself saying yes to the most stupid things like I learned how to do aerial hoop and like just so many random things so it's like you know when you're like a circus performer and you're hanging from a hoop so when I started doing one of the series a girl messaged me and said look I actually teach circus girls you want to come and learn and I was like that sounds amazing and I got there and it's just one of those things that like you see it and you don't realize like they look so graceful and you're like oh that's easy I could do that like I think oh you know I did gymnastics when I was eight I'll be all right and I I like got there (laughs) and I remember like trying to pull myself up and I was like like it was so hard 
and uh, they just make it look so easy and it, it's really not so yeah. uh, you just had I've just had a flashback moment to when I did Tough Mudder oh well, yeah. it was, I was like oh it looks fine and then you go and try and do the monkey bars and you yeah. slip you slip in after the first one yeah <laughs> I fully say Tough Mudder was the worst day of my life and I stick by that people are like would you do it again like did it feel really good afterwards I said no I hated every minute of it like genuinely at least you know now yeah I'll you never you know what you like what you don't like I love that I mean you've inspired me to go out and, and just push do myself it. I don't know whether I can push myself to a skydive or a bungee jump because I am a little bit fearful of heights I'm oh, not going to lie we should do it let's but do it together maybe. we'll do a sponsored one Gonna guilt trip me in. You heard it here first. Ellie's signed up for it now. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say, and you said it yourself, back in the day, you were a bit of a party girl. During those days, you're working PR, drinking a lot. How did drinking during the week just affect your day to day if you did drink during yeah, the week? Yeah, I, I did because if I'd go to a lot of like work do's or parties or even just like silly things in the office, like for someone's birthday, they'd get out Prosecco. Like yeah. it was really encouraged. And I just feel like my productivity was so low, especially like if if I was really hungover, I would just do the absolute bare minimum. Like I wasn't excelling in any way uh, in my career. And I just think it, it really has a knock on effect. Like even if you're, you know, you're unproductive that day, then the next day you've got like loads of catching up to do and then you're stressed. And I think it just has such like sometimes almost so subtle, you don't even realise it like effect on our day to day you know like I would go into Pret and get like three bacon rolls and like just stuff them down to try and like ease the hangover so I just think like it had such a knock-on effect on yeah. on all of my life really you're right it's not just the immediate impact of the next day it's like all those little things that you were saying about okay you're hung over the next day so you're not as productive so you don't get as so much work done and then that's c- then compounding the stress yeah. you're feeling and the pressure you're feeling at work it's interesting what what for you are some of the biggest changes you've seen in your life since cutting back? It sounds really silly because I always think people think I've like joined a cult when I say this, but there's not one part of my life that genuinely hasn't been positively affected by not drinking. Physical health is better, mental health drastically better, friendships have improved, like family relationships have improved, my finances have improved, like I've got so much more money now than I ever did. I just don't think there's anything in my life that I couldn't be like, oh, actually, that has got a little bit better because of not drinking. Like, it it just permeates so many things that you don't even realise. I think that's some of the biggest areas probably where I've seen them is, like, finance, friendships and mental and physical health, I think. Yeah. It's interesting you touched on friendships and and lifestyles. I saw it. I saw it written somewhere. Maybe it came from you. I'm not sure. <laughs> Drinking less means living more. Yeah. It's the tagline of the book. <laughs> yes. That's where I've seen it. I knew it. I've, I've stolen it. And I've, I've thrown Take it off it. at you. Take it. You can have it. It's fine. Um, it feels like you're living and breathing proof of that. Tell me what effect cutting down your drinking has had on your relationships and lifestyles. Because it's interesting. You said actually it's had a positive effect. Mm. I think a lot of people maybe listening are worried if I cut down my drinking maybe that means I can't go out to work drinks with my colleagues or I can't go and see my friends that I would normally catch up with for a glass of wine so I think that kind of maybe limits people a little bit yeah. you said it's had like a really positive effect yeah and ironically I didn't think it would I was of the school of thought of everyone else that actually it was gonna make my friendships really hard but I think one thing that I did do and I was very lucky because my friends were quite 
they all got on board really eventually. Yeah. So we really started doing different activities. And I think there's really something in kind of bonding around like positive habit-based activities. So like yeah. we've done so many varied things. I think over the years now, when we look back, we're like, oh, do you remember that night we went out? And they've all kind of like blurred into one night out. Whereas mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, do you remember that time we went whitewater rafting? Or do you remember that time we did like karaoke and bowling? There's so many more like separate memories now. And I, I always say it's really difficult because I think when you first stop drinking, like going to bars and going to pubs is really default and easy. So, you know, if it's like your birthday or you're meeting people, you just say, oh, why don't we meet in this pub? Yeah. It does take a little bit more organisation. And so I kind of really forced myself into that organising role and said to the girls, you know, like, I found this great place. It does really good alcohol-free options. There's, like, this really fun thing that we can do. And they'd be like, yeah, cool, great. If you want to organise it, we'll we'll come. And I think that was one of the things that I realised that I needed to do was it was my decision. So I needed to, like, actually put some stuff out there. But I think we've just done so many new varied things. And I think because of that we've learned to like really talk to each other without alcohol like I think before it was quite surface level and then everyone get drunk and then someone will have a little cry about something that they were upset about whereas I think now it's kind of really forced us to like confront things and especially myself like if I'm feeling like I'm having a crap day I just have to get it out there because I can't wait until the point where I'm drunk to like get it all out so I went through a breakup last year and I had to be like really vulnerable with them and say like this is how I'm feeling like get it all out from the beginning because I knew there wasn't gonna be a point where I was like 3am in a kebab shop and it all came flooding out and I think it's really healthy to like have those relationships and you know even just silly things as well like I whenever I was out on a night out I would end up like in a toilet crying someone would have to like put me in an uber I'd just make a scene and I think in that respect as well they're like thank god you don't have to do that anymore so just in so many ways I think my friendship has got better we just do more stuff my world with them I think is bigger yeah that's so interesting what you say about almost surface deep when you're with your friends because quite often a lot of it does center around drinking and and drinking alcohol that actually you don't ever go that level deeper or you're sort of forced to drink a lot yeah all those emotions come out so you've kind of just got to face into them and do some cool stuff that you actually remember yeah (laughs) what do you think what do you think holds people back from taking control of their bad habits like mm. maybe drinking to excess and or overeating like what do you think is maybe holding people back I think with alcohol in particular it's it's so um normalized in society whether that is we drink to celebrate or we drink to commiserate like it, it, there's not really any occasion where alcohol isn't kind of intertwined so I think that's such a big thing because people it it just is in everything that we do. So I think people find that really hard. I think the stigma, I think we've got such a warped perception of non-drinkers and what they're like and how boring they are and all these things. I think that's a big one. And I also think people, again, it comes back to this, like emotions and the vulnerability. They don't know how to deal with their own emotions. So for so many people, they have kind of these methods of escapism and and escapism is fine at a certain point. You know, yours might be watching loads of episodes of Selling Sunsets and zoning out. Some people might be scrolling endlessly on TikTok. For me, it was going out and drinking loads that I didn't have to like think about the things. And emotion is fine up until a point where... um, escapism is fine up until a point where it turns into avoidance and then you're just not dealing with those feelings at all so I think with so many of us using alcohol it's because we don't want to deal with the other stuff for me it was I didn't want to deal with the anxiety and the depression I thought I'd just go out avoid it so I think as a culture we need to learn to be better with 
talking about our feelings, being more vulnerable, being more honest. And it's quite hard because we've got this like shiny veneer of social media that no one wants to kind of like be really honest about their feelings. And I think that's such a big thing that holds people back. It's like, well, how am I going to deal with stress or heartbreak or just all those feelings, really? Yeah, it's it's, that's a British thing, isn't it? Like Mm. stiff up up your lip. (laughs) Don't talk about your feelings. Hold it all in. It's weird, isn't it? Whereas, yeah. you know, if you look across the pond to our American friends, they're, they're, they're quite good with their feelings. Yeah. They go and talk to people about how they're feeling. And sometimes it, it feels like we should yeah. almost learn a bit from that and um, and take take something away from it. Yeah, definitely. So some people listen to this podcast will maybe be finding that they are drinking, maybe not like to the extent that you found yourself in, in PR and it was a boozier industry, but might find they're drinking a bit too much e- each week and want to cut back. What would you say to those people? What kind of tips or advice would you give them? I think the, the first thing I always say is actually interrogate your drinking habits. I think there's this whole concept of kind of mindful drinking. And I think so many of us, I used to especially drink mindlessly. So we don't even think about why we're drinking. So like the first question is ask yourself, you know, why am I drinking? Yeah. Is it, am I drinking for confidence? Am I drinking because I'm stressed? Like, yeah. and then maybe go further in that and interrogate that. Like if you are drinking because you're stressed, okay, what's making you stressed? Could actually you tackle that? Because if you tackle that, you won't be stressed and then you might not feel like you need to turn to drink. So I think that's the first thing to ask yourself is, is why and so many of us like don't and I think you know there's a lot of good concepts in mindful drinking like waiting to feel how the alcohol affects you before you plow on to the next one I always used to you know get a second drink in my hand before I'd even finish my first one so I think things like that looking at your units I mean the government recommend 14 units max a week and that's max that's not like a goal to try and meet yeah. I think looking <laughs> at those things first of all but also you know breaking up your social media feed with maybe sober accounts or you know people on this podcast who have got a more mindful relationship with alcohol I yeah. think break Making that up, I think, is really important because otherwise I think you can be in this like echo chamber of cocktails and bottomless brunches. So I think starting to kind of like break that up is good. And then just like look into things like sober communities and, and corners of the internet that are actually talking about this subject. And yeah, I think just exposing yourself to a bit more of that content, I think, is really good because otherwise you can kind of fool yourself that everyone is drinking and everyone's got this great relationship with alcohol. And actually there's so many people out there who are, I think, really questioning it now. Yeah. That's such good advice. And I think definitely, I mean, there is a lot of great information out there from, you know, your handbook and Sober Girl Society, just so much good stuff there. I think people do just need to kind of go out there and have a look and and see what what they can learn from that. I think interestingly, over the last couple of years, just with the pandemic and people Mm. being stuck in their homes, people's relationship with drinking has changed. And you used to work in the media industry, in fact, yeah. you still do. Um, and you said it was quite a boozy, boozy yeah. culture for you. Do you think the lockdowns and, and the past two years that we've had have changed perspectives at all for people who work in traditionally boozy industries or do you think it will go back to normal how it was I do think it I do think it has I think it's made a lot of people kind of sit with it and question and Mm. one of the things that I think it's done so you know like when you're out in a club and you're really drunk but you only know that you're drunk when you go to the toilet because you sit down and all of a sudden it's really quiet and you're like oh actually and you realize the the effect that alcohol has had on you I think when you're in the club it's busy you've got lots of like stimulus every 
everywhere. You don't really recognise it. But I think so many people have been sat at home drinking. And because there's not all that stuff around them, they're actually realizing quite obviously how alcohol is affecting them so i think like it's really obvious when they're sluggish it's really obvious when they're slurring like they can really feel that so i think people that's been one major thing that people have actually taken time to be mindful of the effect that alcohol is having on their body and i think being away from a lot of social work events people have been able to step back and be like oh actually do i want to drink at these things and i think it's now that we're all back in the swing of it I reckon it will go like quite back to how it was lots of boozy parties and things like that but I I would say that probably going forward people will still be a bit more mindful I think yeah. I, I think it's definitely had I think it's changed so many drinking habits yeah. so many they'll de- people they'll definitely they'll definitely think twice or maybe question like why am I having that yeah that second drink and you know I saw it with my business Kalenio that so many people were opting to drink non-alcoholic versions yeah. rather than alcoholic drinks, which is really impositive to see because so many people were saying, oh, everyone was drinking during the lockdown, yeah. drinking alcohol. Well, they weren't. A lot mm. of people were, but that is, that's difficult to keep up. You know? yeah. Drinking every night is... Yeah. Well, I think the trend we saw, at least on our platform, is that I think... When lockdown was like announced, there was all these like memes about stockpiling alcohol and everyone thought it was like a great joke and they could have, you know, 4pm so gin. Yeah, so, so vicious. Everyone thought lockdown was going to be this like fun little party where we're all working from home. We could all be on Zoom calls at, at four o'clock. And then I think everyone kind of realised by the second lockdown, actually, it wasn't sustainable to drink every day. They right. noticed the effect that alcohol was having on them. So while we were quite quiet during the first lockdown, by the second lockdown, like I remember the, the dry January before, we had like 8,000 new people like join platform and I think it just rocketed so I do think there was this like trend of yay we're all gonna get drunk it's a big party now and then like oh actually I'm feeling quite rubbish I need to sort my like drinking out and and kind of getting more into the non-alcoholic options and things like that I think that was the trend it was like a big dip. I think it hit yeah it hit hope at this point that wow I'm gonna be stuck in my house yeah. actually for the foreseeable yeah I can't go out and see my friends I can't go out and see my family yeah I might catch COVID. Yeah. And I think that's when it really hit people. And like yeah. actually adding alcohol to this yeah. occasion is not helping yeah. in any way, shape or form. Well, thank you, Millie. Thank you. That was amazing. I loved our, our chat and thank you for being a star and answering all my questions. Oh, I've got you. one final question. I'm panicked about this. <laughs> Don't panic. <laughs> so I've got a wild card question. I've okay. got a few options actually. So okay. If you could trade places with any other person for a week, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, do you know what? It's, it's got to be the Queen, I think, because she lives such a like secret life. I just, I would love to experience that for a week, just to know, like, what, what's a day in the life of the Queen like? I'm so on board with that. Yeah. I love the Queen. Yeah. I, I'm not even, like, a, a huge royalist, but I just feel like there's so much, sec- like, it's so secretive. Yeah, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I'd love that. Her meetings with with uh, Boris. Oh, yeah. I just think that would be so good. I think I think that's who I'd be, because I feel like there's so many celebrities I love and admire, but I feel like I can kind of gauge their lives. You know, they, like, post a lot about it on social media. So the Queen, she's so, like, that's underground. The, the Queen needs, like, uh, someone to get her on Instagram. Yeah. Start doing some Instagram stories so yeah. a bit of a behind-the-scenes look. Okay, petition to get the I Queen on I love that. Instagram. So Millie Gooch is going to sort this <laughs> with the Queen for a week. If you can sort that out, that'd be great. <laughs> You've been listening to The Joyful Drinker, hosted by me, Ellie Webb.
there'll be a new episode released every fortnight so make sure you hit that subscribe button to avoid missing out also just a small reminder that ratings and reviews really help people discover great podcasts so if you've got some kind words to share they'd be very much appreciated in the meantime come and find me on socials i'm at kalenyo ellie i'd love to connect with you all and feedback on the podcast is always welcome see you next time for another episode of the joyful drinker and remember if we all drank a little less each week we'd all feel a whole lot better Bye.